Well, good afternoon, and again, welcome to Soul City Church. I'm so glad that you're here. It's good to see you today. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church, and we really are uh, only about one thing. Everything we just experienced so far and really everything we do as a church boils down to this one idea, and that's this. We want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We want to lead people into a transforming, a changing, a growing relationship with Jesus. I think all of us are honest enough to know about ourselves that there's room to grow within ourselves. We all have room to grow, and it's in a relationship with God through Jesus that we actually can become who we are meant to be. And so that's what we're all about, and that's what I am privileged to be a pastor and a part of doing here. But I'm not just one of the lead pastors here. I have a far more important title in my life. I'm one of the lead parents of, uh, of these two little ones, of Elijah and Gigi. And uh, these are our kids. This was taken just yesterday at Cone Ice Cream right here in the neighborhood. They would live there if they could. And uh, we, I love these two, and they are who uh, give me the privilege to be called uh, father. And I, I just want to pause for a second as well and say happy Father's Day to all of the dads who are here, or maybe if you're watching online or something, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, you need to know that your job matters more than you know, and it matters every day of the year. You matter more than you know. But on days like this, we stop and remind ourselves to thank you. And so for all the dads, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the way that you do it. And I want to use this day as well to remind you, those of you who are dads, to remind you of the high and holy calling that you have stepped into called fatherhood. It is a high and holy calling to be a father. And I, for whatever it's worth, want to remind you um, that you can live into that calling today that I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you as best I can to remind you to take your calling as a dad seriously, but never take yourself too seriously. Do whatever you have to do to get home earlier. Do whatever you have to do to stay on the floor playing with your kids longer. Do whatever you have to do to put your phone away in a drawer when you get home because everyone who ultimately matters in your life should already be within earshot when you get home. I want to remind you to step into your calling and that it is not too late for you to be great. It's not too late for you to be a great dad. And so for all the dads, for all the single dads, we stand with you, we love you, we support you. For all of you who long to be dads one day, maybe that's your prayer, we join in that prayer with you. And for all of you who have a dad, while I'm talking right now, maybe this would be a good time for you to pull out your phone and text him and tell him you love him and follow it up with a phone call later on today to remind him of the high and holy calling that it is to be a dad. So I'm privileged to be one of the co-parents of Elijah and Gigi today. And I also want to uh, let you know, give you a quick update. And I want to thank those of you who've been praying for me specifically, physically, as I've been healing from an ACL surgery that I had two weeks ago. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for checking in on me. I feel great. Like, I feel really great. In fact, as of Friday when I was at physical therapy, I am four weeks ahead of where I should be in my recovery. So I didn't even do anything about that. That's what we say all the time around here. We say only God. And in this case, only Dr. Cole as well, who put me together. And I've shared with you before that I share the same doctor that Derek Rose had in his first ACL surgery. And I think I'm ahead of him in recovery. I'm not, I'm not sure, but the bulls have been calling the house this week and 
They think I got one of his knees. So uh, I'm feeling great. And as I've been doing physical therapy and recovering and, and, and paying attention to my body, I have been in awe, as we just sang, of the masterpiece that is the human body. It is amazing to consider what the human body can do and what it can't do. I've learned that lesson too. Maybe you have too. And to watch how God heals and restores the body. It really is. It's a miracle. And I've been paying attention specifically to the muscles around my left knee, my leg, and really focusing on very slow and boring exercises to watch God heal and restore my body for me to do my part in that. I'm amazed at what each of these muscles does and how important they are to my whole body. And so as I've been kind of doing physical therapy and paying more attention to those muscles in my left leg, I started thinking about what we're going to be talking about here this weekend. And I wanted to just give you a 15-second quiz. You didn't know you were going to get a quiz when you came to church today, but I want to see if maybe you know the answer to this question. Do you know what the strongest muscle is in your body? And I'll give you a category. There's a couple of different ways to answer that. But do you know what the strongest muscle is in your body from a size to output ratio? size to strength ratio. So for how big it is, what's the muscle that does the most in your body? So 15 seconds, introverts, 15 seconds. You can do this, all right? Turn to the person next to you. See if you know what's the one muscle that is the strongest from a size to output ratio. Go ahead, take 15 seconds. Everyone has to talk to someone. So turn and see if you can guess which muscle that is. All right, just by way of reminder, this is a verbal quiz. You do not need to physically be showing the people next to you, Nate, your muscles. I just want to make sure you know that. Good. Okay, here's the deal. Again, a lot of different ways kind of to slice this, but when you're looking strictly at a size to strength ratio, there are two muscles that top the list, and you can look this up for yourself. The first is the masseter. Do you know where the masseter muscle is? It's actually, so you didn't know you're going to get the Bible and biology today. You had no idea you're going to learn this much at church. It's actually connected to your jawbone. That's where the masseter is. Do you know that when the masseter is, is functioning properly, it can exert 200 pounds of force? That's pretty amazing. 500 pounds if you're chewing one of those turkey legs that they sell at all the street <laughs> fairs around here. I mean, it's amazing to consider that little muscle right here does so much in your body. So that's one of the strongest muscles in your body from a size to strength ratio. Do you know one of the other ones that tops the list is? It's in the same region, same area. It's your tongue. Your tongue, you got that. You totally got that one right. Your tongue actually is one of the strongest muscles from a size and what it does, how much it puts out for its size. It's, it's amazing to consider all the many functions and the strength at which it does them. Now, isn't it interesting for us to consider that the two of the strongest muscles in your whole body actually come from the same region, and they're located right around your mouth? This is one of the most powerful forces in your life. And my sense is you don't need a little biology report to figure that out. My sense is you have received words from someone else that have wounded you or that have lifted you up, and you have felt the power that can come from these muscles. My sense is that you have used words poorly, inappropriately, hurtfully. You have wounded someone with your words, and you have seen the power with which can come out of this small little part of your mouth. Have you ever experienced that yourself, the power 
of someone's words and what they can do not only just to the body, but more specifically for our time together here today, to the soul. Well, today we're, we're going to look at, actually, in the book of Proverbs, we're going to continue our focus on the book of Proverbs, and we're going to look at what God has to say about these muscles and this area of our body and what God has been actually saying about it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. What you and I often learn the hard way, God has lovingly been speaking to with great wisdom, and we're going to learn from God together today about how we can use these muscles to speak wise words of life to those around us. So I'm going to ask if you would to grab a Bible and open to the book of Proverbs. If you have it on your phone, fantastic. If you didn't happen to bring a Bible with you, that's totally okay. There should be a blue Bible in your seat back. Why don't you grab that? And then I'm going to ask you to grab a pen. We're going to circle a few words, and I'm going to have you jot down a couple of things that are actually going to be your homework later on this week. So go ahead and grab a pen, grab a Bible. You can open to the book of Proverbs. In the blue Bible, it's page 450 is where we're going to be camping out. A fun thing our church is doing together that maybe you heard about, maybe you didn't, is we're actually reading through the book of Proverbs every day throughout the course of the month of June. And so there, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and so each day we've been reading the chapter. So today is June 15th. We received Proverbs 15, and you can actually go and, and sign up at soulcitychurch.com slash Proverbs. You can go there like literally today, sign up, and maybe you kind of missed it. It's okay. You can start right where we're at and have in your inbox every day when you start your day, loving truth and wisdom from God that can literally reframe your perspective on your day and change the way you go about your day and having a relationship with God and a relationship with others. I'd strongly encourage you to do that. It's been fun for us to track together. So what I'm going to share with you today, you're actually going to be reading throughout the course of this week as we're reading through the book of Proverbs together. Today, we're actually in Proverbs 18. We're looking at some ancient wisdom that still holds true in our lives. The reason I love this book, the book of Proverbs, is because it is filled with wisdom that is as practical as it is spiritual. This is a great place for you to start with God or maybe with the Bible. Maybe you're new to all this stuff. This is a great place for you to start. Because it's stuff you can read and within an instant, your soul resonates and goes, yep, that is true. That's true of me. I've seen that in my own life. And this book gives practical wisdom for how you can apply the ways of God to your everyday life. And, and what's great about it is you, you, can, you don't even have to really be in a relationship with God to apply these principles. That's how rich and generous the wisdom of God is, is you can actually practice this stuff this week and not even have to sign off to be a Christian that's how good God's wisdom is, is that applies to your life no matter where you are at with him. And so we're going to look at a, a specific proverb today that's spoken about again and again and again throughout the book of Proverbs. We're just going to camp out in one place that it says the same thing. And it's about the power that lies within those muscles in our mouths. Dad, this, dads, these, could, these words could be written just to us. Like if it was just for us, we would all nod our heads and say, this is good. So this is for dads, moms, anyone who's in between. Any, this is just good wisdom. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. See if this doesn't ring true. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it, that means those who take care of it, those who respect it, those who train it, if you will, will actually enjoy of its goodness for a lifetime. Tongue has the power of both life and death. This little muscle has so much power in your life and in other people's lives as well. The Bible says it has the power of life and death. It has the power of healing and destruction. That your tongue actually can, can be like medicine to someone who's hurting 
and poison to someone who's healthy. In the context of this proverb, it, it says that your words, the things that come out of you flexing this muscle, can either be ripe or rotten. Incredible power that each of us has just within our tongue, the words that we choose to use. And my hunch is that you've received the good, the gift of someone speaking words of truth, words of life to you in your life. My hunch is if you were to rewind the tapes a little bit in your life, you could find a time where someone spoke truth or love or encouragement or belief into your life. Maybe for you, it was your parents. And they, and they told you early on, maybe it was a mom or a dad or both of them, it said, you can do anything. You can do anything. We believe in you. Some of the most powerful words a parent can utter to their child. We believe in you. My wife grew up in a family that said those words all the time to her and her brothers. We believe in you. We believe in you. You can do anything. And you know what? All these years later, guess what my wife believes? She can do anything. And she can tell me to do anything because of the words she received as a kid. Maybe you heard those words from your parents. Maybe you heard them from a, a teacher or a coach. Maybe someone called out a talent in you, an ability in you. They saw something in you and at a very young age said, you can do this. I see this in you. My son's on an inner city baseball team right now and Coach Sean and a bunch of Coach Ben, a bunch of other coaches are part of this church. Coach Johnny's here. Like that. It's just so cool to see how these guys speak words into these young men's lives. Coach James gets the opportunity to speak words into these young men's lives. And I've watched my son personally. I watch when Coach Sean says, that was a great throw, Elijah. You ran faster than you've ever run, Elijah. Do you know what he starts to do? He starts to believe it. That's the power of life that words can have when you speak them into someone's life. Maybe your boss has spoken those words to you. You've been in a you know, meeting or a board meeting or something like that, and for, and for whatever reason, your boss chose that moment to call out the great job that you've been doing at your work. And they tell every one of your teammates how you were vital to this organization, and they couldn't have made it through this last season without you, and they're so thankful for you. And what happens to you? You sit a little bit higher in your chair, kind of look around going, that's what I've been trying to tell you suckers forever now. Like, <laughs> you know, you live into that. That's the power of life that words can have. And I hope, my hunches, you have received those words at some point in your life. But I also know of you, because I know this to be true of me, You've heard other words as well. Words that were spoken to you that without even realizing it had the same power to change the trajectory of your life. Words that you lived into because you believed that they were true and they should have never been said to you. Maybe as a child you, you heard someone say words to you that crushed your spirit. Words that wounded your soul. Words that brought death and destruction to who you are. Words have incredible power of life and, as I bet every one of us has experienced death as well. Maybe you heard words growing up or recently, words about your, your body, how you look. Maybe you heard words about the color of your skin, jokes about where you're from, jokes, words about your gender, words about your past, about things you never did but that your parents did, words that got latched onto you, words that told you that you are not enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not funny enough, you're not cool enough, 
whatever it is, I bet all of us have received at some point in our lives words that wound, words that actually can bring hurt and harm to our lives. We remember those words, and interestingly enough, they have the same power over our lives as positive and loving words do. In fact, sometimes even more so. Sociologists have determined, they've kind of as best they can figure out, have determined that it takes for every harsh word spoken to you, every harsh, unloving criticism, critique, harsh word of you, it takes anywhere from seven to 20 kind words to outdo that. So for every critical, harsh, negative thing that someone has spoken to you, out of a hurtful or harmful place, do you know that it takes anywhere from, they estimate, seven to 20 kind words, words of love, words of life, words of truth, to help undo what that one word did. And yet, I bet many of us in this room today are carrying words that were spoken to you as a child. In fact, you're still making decisions based on words you heard as a kid. You still see yourself every time you look at yourself in the mirror through that lens. You still end up leading and guiding and directing your relationships towards the same end because of a word you heard when you were younger. Would we not agree that words have incredible power in our lives? These little muscles have great impact in people's lives. And so what we're going to be looking at today and what we have to really consider for ourselves is how are we going to use words that are actually wrapped with, that are ripe with wisdom and life. This passage and many others throughout the book of Proverbs lead us to a question that each of us has to consider at some level. That if you're serious about having relationships that are healthy and God-honoring kind of relationships, there's a filter that all of us really should run every word that we say through. And I, I wrote it down. You might want to jot this down. This is a great little reflection for you, something for you to kind of think about in the heat of a moment before you're about to use words. And it's a really simple phrase that I think sums up the heart of what is going on in the book of Proverbs. And it's simply this. It's a question you ask yourself in the moment. Is there wisdom in these words? I want you to think for just a second. I want you just to, like, if you had that as a filter, the last time you ran your mouth off, what if instead of running your mouth off, you would run your words through that filter? Is there wisdom in these words? Okay, I'm about to, I'm about to send this text message. I'm, my thumbs are working hard to send this text message. You're working so hard on that strongly worded email. You worked harder on that email than you worked on your job that day to let them know what you think about them. We work so hard on our words. You're about to post your opinions to Facebook so the world can see that you're right. Stop and ask yourself for a moment. Wait, hold up, pause. Is there, is there wisdom in these words? Are these words ripe with wisdom or are I just kind of running off at the mouth again instead of running these words through that simple filter? Is there wisdom in these words? Listen, <laughs> for me, I need to cut that out of the Bible and literally tape it to my lips to think about all the words that I run through in a day. Are those words ripe with wisdom? Is there wisdom in these words? You think about maybe some of the most recent arguments that you've gotten in, disagreements, conversations that escalated between you and a spouse, you and your kids, you, you and a coworker. What if you'd, 
What if you could have paused just for a minute and say, wait, before I say what I want to say, because I say what I feel, because I keep it real, I get that. I'm sure you, I believe you do. No one keeps it realer than you. But is there wisdom in those words? I mean, can you imagine how it might have gone differently? Had you heeded the wisdom of God, leaned into the heart of God and said, is there wisdom in these words? And if you're someone like me who needs more wisdom in my words, I want to offer a couple thoughts for you today. A couple training exercises, actually, that you can do, I can do, anyone can do this week to really train our mouths to bring words of life, wise words of life to others. So I want to offer just a few suggestions. Again, you might want to jot these down, help these. Maybe they might actually help you remember these throughout the week and may even save you from some unnecessary hurt or harm either in your life or causing it to someone else's life. Last week, Jeannie did a phenomenal job of teaching us through uh, what the book of Proverbs has to say about receiving truth, receiving feedback from others. And she had us open our eyes and look at each other when we're open to the truth. And she had us squint our eyes and she had us close our eyes so we can kind of see what that feels like. So I'm just going to steal from her because her ideas are always better than mine. So I'm going to steal from her and I want you to actually do this. I want you to do the first little training exercise that we're going to do that we're all going to practice this week with our mouths. And I want you to start it right now in this moment. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your mouth as tight as you can. Then I want you to form as best of a smile as you can and turn and look at the person next to you. All right? Tight lips, smile as much as you can, and turn and look at the person next to you. Go ahead, take five seconds to do that right now. Yeah, if your head's not turning, you're not doing it right. So go ahead, tight lips, close that mouth, and look at the person next to you with a smile. Hey, do you know one of the best training exercises that you can do when it comes to your words having wisdom is to keep your mouth closed. One of the smartest things you can do one of the most powerful things you can do in some circumstances and situations. In fact, my hunch is God will give you opportunity this week is to to keep your mouth closed, to shut your mouth. Bible speaks about this again and again and again, the wisdom that there is in not offering words, words that could hurt or harm, words that are rotten versus ripe. Proverbs basically says it like this. A wise person knows when to keep their mouth closed. In fact, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person. Now you can open your mouth again. I want you to turn to the person next to you. And I want you to say that phrase. Look them in the eye and say, a wise person knows. Go ahead and say that. A wise person knows when to keep their mouth closed. A wise person knows when to keep their mouth closed. Close. That there are sometimes in some situations where more words are not going to bring less drama, they're only going to bring more. More conflict, more pain, more hurt, more harm to your relationship. There is a time of wisdom and keeping your mouth closed. In fact, I want you, if you have the blue Bible open, just kind of look up and to the left. We're going to look at Proverbs 17, just real quickly. Proverbs 17, verse 27. It says it so brilliantly, so beautifully, so profoundly. It says this, Proverbs 17, verse 27. The one who has knowledge, uses words with, what's the word? Words with? Restraint. Restraint. They hold back. They hold on to their words. And whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Last week, Jeannie called you fools. I don't know why she did that, but she called this whole church a bunch of fools. This is great hope for fools like you and like me. This is what it says in verse 28. Even fools like me 
are thought wise if they keep what? Silent. Silent. And discerning if they hold their tongues. True? How many times have conversations escalated into arguments which have escalated into fights which have escalated into broken relationships because someone thought that what the fire needed was more words. More words. Think about it in your life. Think back to the last time where you found yourself in that kind of situation because that's not our first instinct, is it? When you, when you find yourself kind of defending yourself against someone else, whether it's your spouse, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a coworker, the, the, the assumption, our core human assumption is clearly they're not getting my point. And if they got my point, they would see things my way and they would see that I am right. So they clearly are not hearing me. So what I need to do is add more words to the situation. If only I explain it to them one more time, how right I am, and if necessary, how wrong they are, then they'll get it. Oh, they're still not hearing it. So I'm going to add more words to the fire, but now I'm going to add some colorful words into my previous words. I'm going to turn the volume up on these words so that they get that I'm right. That's our temptation whenever we find conversations escalating into arguments, disagreements. And that is a great moment for you to say, is there wisdom in these words? And maybe the wisest, most powerful thing for me to do is to keep my mouth closed. So that's the first exercise you and I can do this week. And if you are married, your spouse is going to remind you of it often this week. But what a great thing for you to take initiative on. And, and, and let me just say a quick word, because I want to share just a, a few other brief exercises, and then we're going to respond together to God today. When I say keep your mouth closed, and so let's say you're in an argument, you're in a disagreement, you're in a discussion, there's keeping your mouth closed, and then there's keeping your mouth closed. <sighs> the sort of overreacting, flopping kind of passive-aggressive keeping your mouth closed. I know that you would never do that, but you might be in a conversation with someone who does. Here's what I would recommend you do. Just nod your head and say, I hear you, I hear you. And if they say, well, what do you say? Because I, I know that's usually how you end up talking with folks. So then you say, <laughs> then you say, then you say, I want to choose my words wisely. And you owe it to them to come back to them with words that are ripe with truth and love. But in that moment, the wisest thing and most powerful thing you may do is to keep your mouth closed. Now, there will be times this week, and I pray that there will be times this week for you to open your mouth and to bring from it words of truth and life that are a gift from God for that other person. Let me offer you just a few exercises that you can do to train these muscles well, to bring wise words of life. I want to give you a couple real simple phrases that you already know so that you can actually experience this kind of life with God this week. The first two words are real simple. You learn them as a kid. Somehow we forgot them along the way. And those words are, thank you. These are just wise words. Hey, you know what's true about that phrase, thank you? That phrase is never out of season. It is always ripe. It's always a gift. You can count on it. And so to have the wisdom to say in the moment, thank you, thank you, I am so grateful for you, or I am so grateful for what 
you've done. Thank you. To, to take a moment, to take an opportunity, and just strictly, simply say those words, thank you. Look in someone's eyes and say, hey, thank you for that. I'm so grateful for you. Dads, moms, parents, like if, or if you nanny the kids, if you've ever been around kids before, how many times in a day do you have to remind your kids to say thank you? Think about it. We say it all the time. To our kids, at least, we say it all the time. Don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to say thank you. Yesterday, after Elijah's baseball game, the kids went and they wanted to buy a little snow cone and a bag of Doritos. You know, we're, we're, we're a healthy family. And so... <laughs> They went off to do that, and both of them came back. And somehow, as a parent, maybe you know about this, I didn't hear the word in my radar, thank you. And so I knew from five feet away, Elijah, did you say thank you? No? Okay, go back over and say thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, all right, this time with meaning, you know, and like, because we, we say it to our kids all the time. Don't forget to say thank you. Don't forget to say thank you. And for all the many times you've either said those words or heard your parents say those words to you in the spirit of honesty and authenticity, how many times have your kids heard you say those words? How many times has your spouse heard you say those words? How many times in a given week do your roommates hear you say those words to them? How about your coworkers? Do they hear? Do they get the gift of those ripe words of life? Thank you. Thank you. What would it look like for you this week to make it your goal to at least once a day, every day this week, look someone in the eye and say thank you. To call out the characteristics and qualities of God woven into them and to see them and not just thank them for the great job they did, but to thank them for who they are. You have no idea how deep those words will go. What a gift of life they can be. Can you, can you say those two words this week? Thank you. Make it your goal to not let a day end without saying them significantly to someone in your life. Thank you. Well, the next two words might be a little more difficult for you to say but they're incredibly important and they're a great exercise for you and for me if we're ever going to train these muscles to bring wise words of truth and of life. And those two small words are these, forgive me, forgive me. A thank you, I think we can all kind of get around. Yeah, I can say thank you, I can do that. Forgive me, that, mm, that's, that, uh, that's a lot harder. Forgive me. See, I, I mentioned we have two little ones, and, and yesterday we celebrated Father's Day, and so we did it early, and, and Jeannie did such a great, I mean, she had them get up early, and they went down and made me breakfast, and so they made me a little breakfast, and they brought it up so I could have breakfast in bed, so they brought it up, it was so sweet, and Jeannie had them speak words of life to me, and it was so sweet, and then as we were kind of all sitting there in bed, the kids are climbing around, and I'm looking at the hot coffee kind of jingle and the orange juice, and I'm going, this is fun. And Jeannie had the wisdom as a parent to say, hey guys, why don't we go downstairs? We can have our breakfast. Let's just give daddy 30 minutes by himself to enjoy his breakfast in bed. I almost started crying my eyes out. <laughs> thank you, thank you for this gift. And so they went downstairs and I came down a little bit later and Jeannie said, you have no idea. She's like, it was so funny. Before they came up, they got into a knockdown, drag out fight with each other over who was gonna make the pancakes. And they got to the point where at one point, one of our children said, I don't even want to be in this family anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where it gets to in our family. 
And so, so we have a practice with our kids. It's something we try as best we can to model with each other in front of them, and then we have taught and raised them up with as well. And it's, it's around these two words, forgive me. What we have our kids is a kind of a family code for us, is we have them say these three things. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Again, we just, Jeannie and I have found when we bring that to each other, it diffuses the argument. It brings ownership to myself, and it leads a path towards reconciliation and restoration. And so we try as best we can with our kids. We say, hey, you got to say the three things. She's like, oh, oh we, oh, we said them several times while we were making your breakfast in bed. I'm sorry. Will, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And one of the things we have our, our kids do is we tell them all the time, it doesn't count unless you look your brother or your sister in the eyes. Because I can't see your heart if I can't see your eyes. And so we have them look. I'm it's like teaching cats to swim, trying to get them to look each other in the They're magnetically opposed to looking each other in the eye and just saying those three things. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? And as hard as it is for kids, somehow it's infinitely harder for adults to have the humility to say, will you forgive me? Will you, will you forgive me? I, I take responsibility. I know, I know you're holding out and you're waiting for them to come and say it first because they hurt you more. You're right. They did so terrible. They really did. And if you were to explain your situation to me, I'd go, wow, that is, you are right. They really did wrong you. But where can you take responsibility in this relationship right now? Is there any place that you can say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? As is God's custom and practice with me, he gives me opportunities to live out, to practice what I'm about to preach. And so yesterday afternoon, we were in the house and doing a bunch of house stuff, folding laundry. Jeannie and I are upstairs. The kids are down playing. And so we're folding laundry together. And Jeannie was practicing her message from last week on me. She was bringing me feedback to me about me that I didn't ask for, but she can do anything. And so... <laughs> She's bringing me feedback. And you know what? She was right. She was totally right. She was just like, it wasn't even that big of a deal. She was just kind of shining a light into some stuff in me. And just like her message last week, I went from eyes open to eyes squinting to eyes shut. I didn't want to hear it. And so finally she stopped that train and said, hey, can I offer you, can I just offer you something that maybe you don't see? I was like, yeah, what? what? She goes, I, I just want to let you know. It seems like in our relationship, in the 20 years that I've known you, you've become more defensive over the years. The closer you've walked with God, somehow you've become more defensive. And immediately I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait, that's what you're talking about, isn't it? And I, no, I, I knew actually the second she said it. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing for me to admit it to you, but she's right. How did, how did this happen? And I've walked closer with God over the last 20 years than the previous 20, and yet I'm somehow more defensive on the other side of that. It's just a sign of my desperate need for Jesus and who I am if left to myself. And so I had an opportunity to practice what I was about to preach. I could have said, well, I know I'm working on it. Just give me some, give me some grace. Give me a break. That's in the Bible too. I could have done that. But I had an opportunity to say, you know what? I can take responsibility right here and I can say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry, you're right. That's wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me for that? You're right. I see it, and I am so sorry. Please have grace for me as I take this to God 
Because that's not what I want to offer you. Two words that have incredible power to bring healing and reconciliation and restoration and peace to your relationships. Forgive me. Is there anyone in your life that needs to hear those two words this week? Today, maybe? Today? You've been waiting for them to make the first move? Maybe you could. Forgive me. One last phrase, and then I want us to respond together to God. And that phrase is a simple one, but I, I think it, it does a powerful job of turning the spotlight off of myself and onto the person I'm talking to. And the phrase is simply this, tell me more. Tell me more. Hey, have you ever been in a conversation with someone no, where no matter what you say, they somehow bring the conversation back to themselves? No matter what your story is, they've somehow done more or they've done it better than you. How fun are those conversations? I wonder how many times you do that without even realizing, or I do that without even realizing. I do it all the time. And so what this little phrase does is it gives me the opportunity to take the spotlight off of me and to have a confident centeredness in Christ to say, tell me more about you. Someone maybe reveals a, a fear in their life or someone tells you something a little deeper about their life at work this week. They kind of bring you in to a little window. It's so easy to go, oh yeah, really? Yeah, no, that's true. I've had the same thing in my own life and just you're on back to drawing the spotlight towards yourself. But what if you could interrupt that moment and with right words of life say, well, tell me more about that. I'm here and I'm listening. Tell me more. Tell me more. You may have been working with someone for years and you've heard them talk about their kids, but you still don't know their kids' names. Tell me more. Maybe you know someone who's walking through a really difficult season of divorce right now, separation, a breakup, and a relationship, and, and you don't know what to say, and so you don't say anything. What would it look like for you to say three words this week? Hey, tell me more. Tell me more about what's going on. Just in, invite me, and I'm not saying I'm going to have any answers for you. I'm not going to say I'm going to fix it for you. Certainly, I can't do that. But would you tell me more? Would you invite me in? You have no idea what those three small words can do to deepen a relationship. To take a relationship that you may be in, a friendship, or even a relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your kids that much deeper. Dads, do, do you have any idea how powerful those words are when spoken to your children? No matter what it is that they're sharing with you, whatever it is that's on their heart, they're telling you a story about a kitten that rides a unicorn and you have no idea what they're talking about, but you have enough wisdom to say, get down on your knees, get down on a level and say, tell me more. Or your kid's older in life and they're going through a challenging season and all you want to do is fix it for them. But instead you say, well, tell me more, tell me more, bring me in. Those words have such power, more power than you may even realize. So there's a couple exercises for you this week. First is a simple one. You can do it starting today. There will be a time when wisdom tells you to keep your mouth closed. To just keep your mouth closed. Then there'll be opportunities I believe that God's going to bring you for you to offer those words of thank you. Today, thank you. You can start with your dad if he's still alive. Tell him, thank you, dad. Thank you for the role that you've played in my life. To say those words, forgive me. I bet there's someone who, even as I've been talking, that name came to your heart where you know you have the opportunity, the invitation from God to say those words, will you forgive me? And then tell me more. Invite someone into a deeper place of relationship by being present and listening. And I'll tell you, one of the things that will hijack any one of those moments, either thank you or forgive me or tell me more, what a surefire way to ruin and hijack that moment is to do it with your phone out. Just like I teach, we teach our kids, 
look someone in the eye and say, have the courage to say, thank you, forgive me, and tell me more. We're going to move into a time of responding to God together right now. And I thought, as I was doing the study and preparing for our time, how beautiful and how rich and how deep and how wise the wisdom of God is. Because you know what's so amazing? These small little exercises that we're going to practice together throughout the course this week is our homework. Do you know that these work not only to deepen your relationships with your spouse or your partner or your roommates or your friends or coworkers or with your kids? Do you know what's so amazing about these four little practices that we talked about here today? They can actually deepen your relationship with God. They can deepen your relationship with God. And maybe you say, I don't, man, listen, I don't know how to pray. I know I, I need to pray. I want to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do it. And maybe one of the best things you can do this week is to sit down for five minutes and let your mouth be closed and just sit. And as the Bible teaches, be still and know that God is here and he is good and he is with you and he's for you. And instead of running off your agenda of all the things, you keep your mouth closed and you just sit in the awareness of the presence of God. Maybe for you, the words that you need to say to God are simple words. Thank you. Thank you, God. And again, you don't know how to pray, but I bet, I, I bet you could spend a couple minutes just saying thanks to God for all the blessings in your life. Forgive me, God, as things come between you and God and you sense that you hurt the heart of God and wandered from the life he created you for. Forgive me, God. Or as you hear this kind of teaching and truth from God, to have the courage and the wisdom to say, God, tell me more. Tell me more, God. Show me more of who you are and more of who you have created me to be. It's four small practices for one very small muscle that has incredible impact on your life and the lives of those around you. Will you this week put wisdom into your words to let them be ripe with life and love and truth, the way that God speaks to and speaks over you. I want to pray for us right now, and I want to pray that you would actually have the wisdom to practice these things this week. And then we're just going to sing some words that are true from the heart of your Father God, your perfect Heavenly Father God. We're going to sing those over you and then invite you in a moment to respond to Him, into a deeper relationship with Him, into deeper space with him. But first, let me just pray for us, and then we'll move into a time of receiving and responding to God together. Let's pray together right now. God, thank you for the wisdom that you teach us in the Bible, and specifically this book of Proverbs. God, it's so rich. It's so good. One simple phrase, God, rings true to our soul, that the tongue has the power of life and death. And God, we want to be the kind of people whose words are ripe with wisdom and truth, and life. And so would you help us this week to actually practice what we've heard here today? To find that as we do, we step into deeper relationships with others, and ultimately, God, we step into a deeper relationship with you. I pray that even these four practices would be something we can practice with you this week as well. That we'd find you in our silence, that we'd find you in our gratitude, find you in our confession, and find you, God, as you invite us into deeper places with you. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the wisdom made available to us out of your own heart. And we pray that it would change and transform our very lives and this very church and this very city. We pray this in your name. Amen.